coming up on the Louis Diaz podcast. This moment when I finally trusted my intuition, it didn't make sense, but I just went with it anyway. And the doors that opened on that journey were just, I mean, it was wilder than I could ever imagined. I couldn't have imagined the opportunities that came from that experience. Hello, and welcome to the Louis Diaz podcast. Every day, I come across some of the most incredibly fascinating and authentic people from all walks of life. And together, we're inviting you in to be our special guest as we take you through some of their amazing experiences, adventures, and journeys. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Louis Diaz podcast. Are we recording now? Yeah, I'm recording now. As, and this is going to be fun. I can already tell. What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited. Why don't I just let you introduce yourself? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm Katie. Um, I'm from Scotland. I guess you could call me a self-love coach, um, but I'm also a pole dance instructor and a trapeze instructor, and I also work in a restaurant, <laughs> so I keep busy. Okay, yeah, it seems like you're a busy person. There's a lot of activity, especially as you've kind of just told us, physical activity. Tell us about it. Um, I got into pole dancing about f- almost 15 years ago, and yeah, I quickly ended up teaching and that kind of led me on to then doing trapeze and aerial kind of acrobatics. So I've always, ever since I started pole dancing, I've, I've really loved, you know, just the energy that it has. Like it brings you this feeling of, you know, total freedom. You know, you just get to fly and you get to play and you get to be a kid again. And I think that was something that maybe a lot of people, you know, fall away from that. Like you forget what it's like to just be a kid again so it really it just gave me this new lease of life so I was always really passionate about that but then once I realized what it was doing for me on so many other levels so you know physically I became so much stronger I felt free I felt liberated I felt like I was having fun and it's something that I've been really passionate about sharing with others and that's how I kind of get into teaching um but not just that it's the confidence that it brought me as well like it it just opened up this new part of me that I'd never discovered before so yeah that's how I've kind of got into pole dancing and I absolutely love it and it's one thing that I've been consistent with for a really long time like I actually remember when I first started pole and I was working at a restaurant at the time and I my boss ended up finding out that I was work that I was um, teaching pole dancing and he said oh you know this is just a fad you'll be over it in a couple of months it's like Zumba and I remember saying to him I was like it is not like Zumba. This is something completely different. Like, I can't even describe the feeling it gives me. And it's something that I've done for such a long time. But I think really what it comes down to is that, you know, that body confidence and that feeling of strength that it's given me is just, it's really changed me as a person. So, yeah, it's been incredible teaching pole, especially like showing other women how to love themselves through pole dancing and to feel strong and liberated it's the best job in the world. I love it. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, you certainly do appear really, really confident and very much at home in your own skin. Um, and well, let me welcome you officially anyway to the Louis Diaz podcast, Katie. It's a real pleasure to connect with you. You're so full of life. You're so vibrant. It's really interesting to hear that you sort of, you're sort of starting your journey almost with talking about pole dancing. How did you sort of, come across it and how did you get into it so this is back before you know instagram and before social media was such a thing this is probably about i think it was 2008 that there was a website called i want to say it was called stumble upon and basically it was kind of like what instagram is today where you know like the algorithm obviously shows you what you're already interested in so this website basically just had you check a bunch of boxes saying you know what what do you find interesting so i'd put you know humor dance you know dog videos like stuff like that and it randomly just brought up videos of just random things and it brought up this video of felix kane who won miss pole dance australia 2006 and i have never been so mesmerized by something in my life. I literally watched this video and I was so, it was so breathtaking the way she moved. You know, she's a classically trained ballerina. So her lines were perfect. She, the way she executes everything. And I'd just never seen pole dancing done in this way. And I'd never really seen pole dancing, to be honest. And I watched this video and that was it. I was 
completely obsessed. I honestly watched the video about 15 times just on repeat. And then I just started Googling classes in Glasgow where I'm from and I knew that I had to try this. I was like, I didn't know if I would be good at it, but I just had to try pole dancing. So I found a class and from the very first class I went to, I was hooked like from the first minute, like I just walked into the class. I'd never touched a pole in my life and already I was like so called to it. It was, yeah, crazy. And I've literally never stopped since. And that's been almost 15 years. It'll be 15 years in January. <laughs> I'm curious to know, like if you had a background in, in dance at all or, you know, what was your skill level on the pole when you first sort of began? It was literally nothing. I had no, I didn't do anything physical. Like my idea of something physical was going out to nightclubs at the weekend and partying hard, you know, and like dancing all night. And so I've always loved to dance. I've always been drawn to music. I love to move, but I was never, I never trained in anything. I didn't go to the gym. I didn't do anything physical. I was very much, apart from waitressing, which is obviously quite physical, just moving around, but I had never done any sort of training in anything. So really getting into pole dancing was was the start of me changing my whole life really and, and, and understanding how good I could feel in myself and to feel what it was like to feel strong. And yeah, so it really started from, from nothing. I mean, I used to just smoke weed and party at the weekends. I mean, I really, I'll be honest, I was just, yeah, not a physical person, like not physically fit and... Yeah, things have changed a lot since then. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated with, you know, when we were sort of having back and forth chat, you know, before this this recording, you were really passionate about the, the idea of telling me a story around how manifesting things in your life has sort of led you from where you started to where you are now. So is that the kind of journey that you're going to take us on today, a journey of manifestation? Yeah, I guess it's a lot to do with manifestation, but I think it's more to do with the process because I feel like manifestation is such a word that gets thrown around, you know, and people are like, oh, I'm going to manifest this and that. But I don't think people actually understand what it takes to manifest. And it's not this like really airy fairy happy process. It really isn't like to, to actually manifest things into your life it means going into the kind of darker places, you know, it means looking at past traumas and, and kind of delving into that and healing from a really deep place. And that's actually how we really manifest, mm. you know, and I don't think a lot of people understand that, but that's been my process. So I feel like I have quite a deep understanding of it after going through, you know, the hard times. <laughs> and who helped you sort of discover your process? I mean, was it some some a mentor that you had or was there just a lot of self-reflection um a lot of self-reflection to be honest I didn't really have much support um when I was going through my dark night of the soul if you want to call it that so basically I guess I went through this process of a I actually call mine the dark morning of the soul because it really all came to a head for me in the morning <laughs> so I basically at this point when it all started to kind of unravel, I guess. It was about three years ago. And at that point, uh, obviously, as I mentioned before, I, you know, I keep busy. I do lots of jobs. I usually always have three jobs on the go because I like to kind of mix things up. I like to I like to do a lot of things I enjoy. So at this point, I was working in a, a restaurant full time. I was teaching pole dancing maybe five days a week as well, or four or five days a week. And then I was also running my own business at the time. So as you can imagine, things were really full on. And at that point as well, I was kind of coming to the end of an eight-year relationship. I also had friendships that seemed to be kind of crumbling around me as well. So it just felt like a real breakdown. But what I genuinely believe is that it was a breakthrough. So basically, I woke up one morning and I couldn't stop crying. And I know it might sound crazy, but it was like I was experiencing this overwhelming sense of grief that had just kind of come from nowhere. But it wasn't coming from nowhere. It was clearly something that I had probably suppressed and not wanted to look at for a long, long time. And then it all came to the surface because I wasn't willing to to look at what was really going on in my life. And I think I was trying to you know, bury it and suppress it by keeping busy and by being a people pleaser and by doing too much and really giving a lot of myself to others and not really giving anything to myself. So 
I really believe that when we're operating from that place where you're putting others before yourself, you're not benefiting anyone really. You're not benefiting the world. You're not benefiting yourself. And that's the place I was at. So I woke up one morning in this deep grief and I could not stop crying. I walked to the studio that day. I was crying the whole way. And then I got there and, and I thought, all right, okay, get your, get your stuff together. Like you can do this. You can get through these classes. And I, I just couldn't stop crying. So I had to have my classes covered. And at that moment, I realized that whatever it was that was coming to the surface needed to be dealt with. Like I couldn't hide from it any longer. And it was like this decision I had to come to of I really need to take care of myself. Yeah, that was the kind of moment where it all (laughs) came to the surface, my breakdown, breakthrough. Could you sort of pin it down to, you know, one particular thing that you grew up with that, you know, you've been suppressing? Or was it just like, a culmination of things? Um, I think that the the real core wound of what was coming up, this, you know, suppressed grief, and, and it's such an unusual thing because, you know, when people think of grief, they think it's something, you know, it's immediately happened, you deal with it and you go through the process and, you know, you get over it. But I think maybe when you're a child, which was the case for me, it was something that, uh, you know, it basically relates to a dog that I had that, you know, well, that had died and I didn't get to process that pain at the time. And there might have been many reasons for that, just other things that were going on in my world that I didn't feel like I had the space or capacity maybe to process it. So at the time, you know, I thought, gosh, I'm really good at dealing with grief because I'm kind of okay about this. But then it was only like years and years later that it all came to the surface and I realised that I just hadn't allowed myself to process those emotions. So that suppressed grief, I feel that the accumulation of all of the stress I was going through at this period in my life a few years ago, it, it it unlocked something, you know, it brought something to the surface that I had never looked at before and it was probably you know related to some other things I was maybe grieving at that time maybe the end of some friendships the end of a relationship and it really what a what it felt like was a death and I think it's you know it's pretty heavy to think about it like that but I think anyone that's had any sort of dark night of the soul it is like an ego death so I think that's what I was really having at that time. It was a death of my old self, you know. And and the beautiful part of that is that it's a rebirth of something new. So whenever we have a breakdown, we're having a breakthrough. Whenever we have the death, like the, the rebirth is there. So as much as it's a horrific process to go through, and it's something that's so difficult to explain to someone that's not been through it, it is a beautiful process, you know, only maybe reflecting back on it now, I can see how amazing it's been because the person I am now, it's been because of that, you know, Mm. and it's because I've taken time to look at my past and to actually allow myself time to heal. Um, And that is what I think we're all here to do. And I don't, I think a lot of people miss out on that opportunity because nobody wants to look at the shadow. Nobody wants to look at all the dark, you know, all the horrible stuff from the past or, you know, nobody wants to face their traumas, but that's where the gift is, you know, the light is in the dark. Mm. I really love that. I really love the way that you sort of just explained then about making space or allowing space or that you didn't have the space to sort of deal with something. So it got buried, right? One of the things that I've sort of been contemplating a little bit lately, I guess you could say, is like a lot of the time when, when something significant happens in your life, whether it's the end of a relationship or the end of a job, you know, which is very common for a lot of people, you know, they want to get straight into the next thing. And it's funny because I've sort of just come back from a major experience myself and something said to me, don't start working straight away. Like whatever you do, just spend some days staring at the grass or the sky or, you know, just doing nothing. Because I know that there's there needs to be space for me to sort of integrate some of that stuff. And mind you, it's been a couple of months now, but I've only just started to really let it come up. So I guess when you say that, you know, things need space and things sort of will take time because giving space, I guess, takes time. That is not going to happen straight away. It's not like, hey, I've given it space. It's coming up. It's going to come up now, right? Sometimes it might take a little while depending on how far along you are in your process, right? Absolutely right. And I think, 
you know, I think it's really amazing if you can come to the decision where you give yourself that space, you know, you actually make a conscious decision that, okay, I'm going to allow myself time to process, you know, the stuff that's coming up. But I think for me, at that time, I was kind of like really thrown in the deep end, because I wasn't in a place where I was self reflective, I wasn't, or maybe I was, you know, getting to that point, but I feel like I was really just, you know, pushed off the cliff, literally, like, I just felt like I was falling, you know, free falling, and it, and I think I just had to, you know, climb my way out of there, but it does take time, and and I and and you know, healing is not a linear process. It's not like okay, I looked at that stuff and I've healed it and it's gone away now. It's really that was like the catalyst and the start of it for me, and it's been a process ever since. And you know, I've healed so much, and I've really you know transformed a lot of you know my old core wounds. But these things still bubble to the surface. You know, we still have our limiting beliefs. We still have the things that hold us back. And and it's quite frustrating when you get to a point where you think, oh God, I've worked through that. I'm sure it's done. And then it comes to the surface again. Mm. But it's great because it just means you can, you know, dive back into it and see what else needs to heal. I'm I'm fascinated with the idea of how you've gone from like having this dark morning of the soul to then feeling like you're able to manifest at will and then sort of then going through to being able to sort of coach others around that yeah I guess when I had this dark morning of the soul I really knew at that point that something had to change something had to give because I was so depleted and actually at that point I wasn't just you know I wasn't just burnt out I was physically sick you know I actually I got to the point where I think I was in a chronic state of stress so I was in a fight or flight you know constant survival mode to the point where I couldn't digest food my sleeping was kind of all over the place and I was really like falling apart you know I was like I I wasn't able to eat properly I was losing weight and I was you know injuries were coming up and I was just feeling like chronic pain in my body so I mean And and I think this is what happens as well, is where the universe is literally giving you these little nudges all the time, you know, through illness or through your mental state or, you know, whatever's coming to the surface. But we just deny it, deny it. And I was denying it. And I was saying, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine, you know, and just trying to push through because no one's ever taught us how to, you know, deal with these things or how to even really listen to ourselves. And I got to the point where it was undeniable, you know, I was physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually sick. And I knew that something had to change. And straight away, my intuition was saying, go to Bali. So I've been to Bali many times in the past. And I always felt this deep spiritual connection there. So something just told me, you have to go and take care of yourself, just book a flight. So at that moment, (laughs) when I was having this breakdown, I just knew that I had to just quit everything and take myself to Bali. So that's exactly what I did. I I quit my job at the restaurant. I left pole dancing, which is something that I care so deeply about. And it was really hard for me to, to let that go, to let all my students down. And this is the people pleaser in me, you know, that would have kept me stuck before. But for the first time, I was deciding to put myself first. And I knew that I had to just put a pin in that for now. So I quit that. I had a I've had my own business as well. I shut it all down and I just booked a flight and I left my relationship. I left my apartment. I left my friendships. I really just completely, yeah. I mean, some people could say it was running away and I do know that there is that tendency in me to, you know, when things get tough or challenging, like I just want to shut down and run away. So part of it, I will admit it was that, you know, like I can't cope with this, I need to just run away. But there was the other part that was genuinely my intuition telling me, you know, there's something for you, something better and, you know, you'll find it if you go to Bali. And it sounds very eat, pray, love and, you know, like cliche, but it worked, you know, it was, it really helped. Mm. You know, I, I just while you were talking and while you were to- while you mentioned running away, it's so funny because I was listening to episode four today, which I recorded with Gabby Lamb, and it's actually really funny because I haven't listened to it for a long time, and I just was it was hilarious, right? It's such a funny episode, but um, yeah, I remember Gabby talking in that episode about you know running away, like being in India and feeling like you know you could definitely go there to run away from things, and I remember 
hearing myself saying to her in that podcast that a lot of the time when you're running away from something, you're also kind of running towards something else inevitably. And so I find it funny when I hear people say things like, oh, you're just running away or they're just running away, constantly running away. I think because a lot of the time what they're doing when people run is that they're running towards something. They might not know what it is at the time, which then gives you that sort of perception that it's just running away from the thing that you do know. But you know, what they do know is that they're running towards something else that they want. They don't know what it is yet, but it's coming, hopefully. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And that has been something that I've realized so deeply because this was the first time, it really felt like the first time I really just listened to my gut and said, I'm just going to do this. And, you know, from the outside, everyone's thinking, you're crazy. What are you doing? Literally, I was having people having that conversation with me saying, you know, what are you going to do in Bali? And I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> but I just know that I have to be there. And I, I just trust that if my intuition is guiding me towards something, then I'll trust the process and things will, you know, and, and it's it's a really scary thing to do especially when you're so programmed to just, you know, be good and do the right thing and don't let anyone down. And and I spent my life like that, you know, I was in a relationship that I knew I maybe, you know, was ready to leave, but I couldn't leave because I don't want to let anyone down and, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone. And then I had friendships that weren't aligned to, you know, my values and I felt like I was being taken advantage of, but I still wanted to be a good friend and I still wanted to, be good. And I think this is such an issue we have in our society is that we're all brought up to just be good girls, be a good boy, do as you're told, don't let anyone down. But you're suppressing your own needs more and more and you're putting everyone before yourself and no one can, you can't give from an empty cup, you can't really help anyone unless you're helping yourself. So this moment when I finally trusted my intuition It didn't make sense, but I just went with it anyway. And the doors that opened on that journey were just, I mean, it was wilder than I could ever imagined. I couldn't have imagined the opportunities that came from that experience. And if I had used logic, then I would never have gone. Logic would have told me to stay and, you know, do my job and, you know, stay in my relationship and stay, be good, you know, just don't let anyone down. But you actually serve the world so much more powerfully when you are serving yourself first. Wow. Yeah. It's funny. I heard something the other day. I think I was watching some videos on human design or something like that. And they were like, oh yeah, sure. Um, Me too, by the way, I've just gotten into it recently. um, And I'm kind of obsessed. Um, Do you know what your human design type is? Yeah, I'm a projector. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Um, What are you? Manifesting generator. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Emotional manifesting generator. So watch out. I need to sleep on things. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's funny cause I was watching something around human design and this guy who's a certified analyst, I forgot his name. Uh, I was watching him on YouTube and he said something like, you know, like we've got to stop thinking from our heads so much. Like we get conditioned to think from our head. Right. And he said, he kind of explained it like this. He kind of goes, the head's really good for, you know, remembering things, you know, making decisions about which bus to catch and what time you should get, you know, go to work and and things like that, right? But when it comes to really important life decisions, we need to learn how to listen to our gut, which is like such a foreign concept for a lot of people. And honestly, it kind of still feels like that for me. Like what is listening to your gut and, you know, how does it lead to great things in your life? Yeah, it's fascinating. And I, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, in our society, we're all programmed to just listen to logic, listen to our heads and over our hearts all the time. And, you know, yeah, you can say speaking from the heart, speaking from the gut. But I think the other thing is, as well as something that I've learned recently is, you know, we have information going from our brain to our gut, you know, telling it, you know, telling the body what to do, but we actually have 90% more information coming from our gut to our brain. So, learning to trust your gut and your instincts and your intuition is so important and it's something that we can't really explain with logic you know Mm, yeah Yeah. i love it so then you're in bali right so you you book the flight during your time of crisis and then what were the sort of signs that started to appear that made you realize that you'd made the right decision yeah well the first week that i got there i think i was so 
still conditioned in my go, 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 you know, I was really in that masculine energy of like just doing all the time. So, you know, I'd just gone from working three jobs and literally never stopping for a minute. I was on my feet all day, talking all day, being on all day, every day. So when I first got to Bali, I, you know, I did a yoga tantra course because um, I've, I've done my yoga teacher training a couple of years prior to that even though I wasn't teaching yoga at the time, it was just something I'd wanted to do. So I did an additional 50-hour course. So I found myself still in that energy of like, okay, you know, and it was, what I see now is that I was in this energy of feeling like I had to do more to fix myself. And what I've realized now is that I was never broken and all I had to do was just give myself time, you know, but I just wasn't, I, I just couldn't get out of that. You know, I was in my brain I was in my logic I was in you know just do more fix it fix the problems you know so I was like okay I'll go and do this yoga course and then you know I signed up to uh, uh unlimited yoga pass at a yoga studio so I was just like I'll go and do more yoga yoga will fix me and you know that's not the answer you know there's nothing out there that's going to fix it because you know we're not broken we just need to allow ourselves time to to come to a place where we can feel safe. And this is something that's been so like a revelation for me is that I just didn't feel safe, you know, in that energy where I was like, I must do this. I must go here and constantly busy, constantly hustling, constantly striving for more. It was all coming from a place of lack. It was coming from a place of, I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to be more. And it was coming from me not feeling worthy, you know, not feeling good enough. So it took me a while to unravel that while I was in Bali. And it was when I kind of started to reflect, I was like, I'm still doing, I'm still like chasing something. So then I finally started to kind of slow down. After like a couple of weeks, I was like, Mm. right, okay, let yourself chill. Like really, (laughs) it's, yeah. So then I ended up going from, I was in Changu first, then I went to Ubud. And while I was in Ubud, I was staying in this um, really beautiful, like resort kind of villa place. And I happened to overhear a Scottish girl and she was talking about yoga. And I just, my intuition was like, okay, I have to talk to this girl because she's Scottish and she's talking about yoga. So I met her we spent the whole day together, really connected. We had this beautiful day and, you know, it was just so nice that this person had just been brought into my life. And then I said to her, you know, I'm planning my next steps on my journey and I'm thinking about going to the Gilly Islands. I've never been before. And I said, have you been? Have you got any recommendations? And she literally said, you have to go to Gilly Air because there's another Scottish girl who's teaching yoga in this um, yoga shala called Flowers and Fire and you have to meet her. So I was like, right, done, cool. So I booked the boat and I went to Gilly Air and I met the Scottish girl and I met the owner of the yoga studio as well. And I really connected to both of them. And then the girl who was teaching at that time, the Scottish girl happened to be leaving like the next week. And the owner of the studio said to me, are you a yoga teacher? And I was like, well, yeah, I've actually done my yoga teacher training, but I'm actually a pole dance teacher. I don't really teach yoga usually. And then she said, because I need someone to cover, you know, my other instructors away. So she said, would you want to, you know, do a little kind of addition? And and I was like, yeah, sure. Like at this point, I'm kind of like, I've already jumped off the cliff. I've got nothing left to lose. So if this doesn't work out, then, you know, I haven't lost anything. So I'll just go for it. And it worked out. She loved me. And I ended up, you know, teaching there for a month, which was like this opportunity that yoga teachers dream of is to live on a absolute paradise yeah. you know like Gilly Air I don't know if you've ever been there but it's like the most magical place it's stunning and I ended up there teaching for a month and like this was all part of my healing journey as well for myself and to help me develop into you know the, the line of work that I'm in now and what I'm passionate about sharing now so that was like the synchronicities and the the magic that happens when you jump off the cliff you know but you have to do that you have to trust your own instincts and know that you deserve more than what you're settling for and when you do that i swear the universe will provide you know the universe will just go here's this perfect person that you just had to meet and they'll lead you to something else and then opportunities just arise that are so much more magical than you could ever have dreamed of you know yeah especially if you sort of go into a process like you did you didn't necessarily know what you were after but you went to bali hopeful that it was the right thing for you right so when you 
when you're open, I guess it makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's so true. And I think I had been closing myself off from life for so long and hiding behind, you know, just so many, there, there was so many things I wasn't dealing with and, you know, not being able to have boundaries and not being able to, you know, put myself first. And I was hiding behind all of that. And then the moment I just went enough, I just, I literally had been pushed to my edge. And, but once I took that initial step, like the doors just fly open, like everywhere you turn, there's another opportunity. And it, it's, it's so wild. And it's so hard to even tell that to someone because it's so, it's so hard to trust things until you've experienced it for yourself. And I think this is why I'm so passionate about sharing this message and letting people know this because it's really hard to take that first step. But once you do, and then once you learn that you can trust and whatever you want to call it, source, the universe, God, like whatever it is, that's this divine, you know, consciousness that's all around us. Once you learn to trust that, you know, th there's real magic in the world. And I think people can't see it because they're so bogged down in their problems. And it takes looking at your problems. It takes, you know, giving yourself time to heal to open up that opportunity to see the magic. And once you see it, like you can't shut off from it. You're literally like walking around, like everything's in high definition. That's mm -hmm. how I feel sometimes. I'm like, wow, when you really become present with what's available, it's, there's magic everywhere. And it's, yeah, it's an incredible place to be. Hmm. You're giving me goosebumps, right? Because I, I think I've been there, you know, I've felt that before. But, you know, I'm curious now. So you've just finished your month in Bali as a teacher. So what do you do? Because I imagine that would have been sort of hard to walk away from. I would have been thinking, can I stay? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I really wanted to stay. But obviously, you know, you can't just, unless you go through a whole process, you can't really go and live in Bali. So, I mean, I was really fortunate because after I did the month there, I have a friend in Kopanyang, so I went to see him for a week and then I actually came back to reactivate my visa and I got to teach for another six weeks or something. So altogether, I was away for about three months and kind of teaching yoga in this incredible yoga shala. And, and, and it was just such an incredible experience because I had never really taught yoga, but I've always been passionate about it. And I think I, I can really lead people through their body. And, and I think I was kind of naturally quite able to teach yoga and, and I, I found something new that I had to give so before with teaching pole dancing it's all about kind of empowering women making them feel strong and making them feel confident and this was like a deeper level this was making people feel safe which is part of teaching pole as well but what I realized while I was teaching yoga and it was something that the owner of the studio had pointed out to me she said I've realized what your thing is it's that you want people to feel safe because I wasn't aware of it but in my language and when I would be um, teaching yoga I kept reminding people you're safe you're safe and I think really what I was doing was reminding myself because I think at that point that's what I needed to hear is that I'm safe, you know, I'm safe to be here, I'm safe to relax, I'm safe to let go. So, you know, actually discovering that through teaching, that really it was a message for myself and for others. And I think it's something that everyone needs to know is that everyone has to feel safe because unless you feel safe, you can't do anything. We're crippled, we're crippled by fear, we're crippled by our anxieties. And, you know, once you feel safe, then you've got the foundation for healing. So I think this is, you know, where a lot of this all came from, from for me was once you feel safe, once you regulate your nervous system, once you come into that place of calm, then you can start to heal. Then you can start to process things. Then you can bring things to the surface, you know, and then we build from that foundation, which is, you know, this is everything that I want to share with the world, you know. So, but um, yeah, so my yoga um, travels, I ended up teaching there for, you know, the month and then I went away for a week and I came back for another month or six weeks. And then, then I had to go back to Melbourne and it was, it hit me hard. I'll be honest. It was. I can relate. Yeah. Because what had happened was I had gone on this completely magical experience where the whole magic of the universe was open to me and I was just available for all of it. And then all of a sudden I was back in my old reality and my old self, which no longer fit, you know, I didn't. It was literally like putting on a mask again or like putting, I just felt suffocated. I felt like I didn't know who I was anymore because I'd just gone through this experience of real self-discovery. And then all of a sudden I'm thrown back into an old way of being, an old lifestyle that 
wasn't for me anymore and I mean it was really hard I got quite got quite dark Mm. again (laughs) yeah it's funny that you mentioned that right because you know a lot of people might take um, a holiday or might go on a retreat and then inevitably there's that confrontational moment where you need to go back to the life that you had at some point right so you know how did you sort of manage that yeah I mean like when I left I think I really did leave with the intention that I might never come back you know I, I fully like kind of let go of everything I gave up all my jobs and and you know fortunately the people that I worked for had said you know if you ever come back the job's here for you but I didn't really have the intention of like going back into my old life I think I fully was prepared to let all that go so I had given up my apartment and I'd put some stuff in storage and I'd given up all my jobs so when I came back I just felt lost because, you know, I was actually house sitting at the time for a while because I obviously didn't have a place to stay. And I just felt really pulled apart because the person that I had just discovered of who I really am, all of a sudden I was, you know, back in this uncomfortable place. So it was really tough. I didn't really deal with it very well, I'll be honest. Mm. Does it feel like a kind of betrayal to yourself? to be back in this place oh gosh yeah that's a perfect way to put it actually it is it's like I think the way I would describe it is it feels like abandonment it feels like you're abandoning yourself Mm. you know it feels like you're you've all of a sudden discovered the truth you know you've you've dived into the deepest aspects of who you are and then all of a sudden you've just cast it aside and you've just kind of abandoned yourself and at the end of the day, that's really what all of, I believe, our core wounds are, is abandoning self, you know? And this is why I want people to to learn how to not do that, you know? This is what I'm passionate about sharing with people, is learning how to put yourself first and not abandon yourself anymore. So I feel like the universe was really testing me at that point. It was saying, okay, you've here, I've given you everything, you've got it all, like, there it is, this is the magic, this is who you are. And then it kind of took it away from me just to see how I would respond. And I didn't really respond very well. I was like, felt so uncomfortable and I had to re-navigate things. And and it also made me reflect on, you know, was that experience even real? Because it felt so magical that I'm like, is the reality I'm in now where I'm back in Melbourne, is this real life? And that was just like some dream because that's what it felt like. It felt like a dream. But what I now believe is that that is that can be your reality you know like if you if you want that for yourself it's available to you but most people are so programmed in our you know culture to just work your nine to five and you know be used to the hustle and to kind of complain and to just struggle to get by all the time but I genuinely believe that this magic is available for everyone Mm. you know you mentioned that you didn't deal with it very well so there must have been an and then Right. And then I, what is, what's that and then? Stop. I'm on <laughs> so, the edge of my seat right now. <laughs> so uh, I feel like after that, I was just a bit lost and I was just moving around and I kind of stayed with some friends and, you know, Byron Bay for a while. And then life ended up leading me back to Scotland um, about... So I went back to Scotland actually for my dad's 80th birthday and then it turned out that he was not in great health and I decided to stay home for a while because at that point as well I think I was feeling so kind of lost that it actually felt quite good to just ground back into Scotland for a while. So at this point I'd been living in Australia for about eight years so all of a sudden I was back in Scotland and I ended up moving up to the Highlands in Scotland where my friends own a pub and a restaurant and I kind of ended up there and it was so random and it it was just so weird the way life led me there but it was kind of exactly what I needed like I feel like at that point you know I had this whole magical experience but I was also very much like you know I'm an air sign so I'm quite airy and go with the flow and I can get kind of swept up in things And I think what I really needed was just to ground and I think I needed to be back home and to be around family and to 
And to actually be in the Scottish Highlands around the mountains felt so grounding for me that I was like, oh my God, like it wasn't by chance that I ended up here. It was exactly where I needed to be. So in that time, you know, I stayed there for, I ended up almost there for eight months. And at that point, I was thinking, you know, I might not go back to Australia. I might just live in Scotland and live in the Highlands. And I ended up almost buying a house with my sister because um, she had been living in Dubai for like, you know, 10 years at this point. She was thinking about moving back home as well. So we kind of thought, let's buy a house together. We'll live in the Highlands. And I was mapping out a life for myself in Scotland at that point. This is a, this is a few years ago. This is like 2019. And then we put an offer in for this house and we lost out by 400 pounds, which was just crazy. And I kept, kept thinking, how did that happen? How did I, how, like, I was so sure this was all going through and it didn't happen. And then in that same mm. week, I got an email from the Australian government telling me that if I wanted my Australian citizenship, that I needed to move back to Australia. So I just booked a flight. Like, I think I've gotten to that point now where I just follow the signs and I don't get upset about things. So as much as I was like, oh my God, I can't believe we didn't get this house. I trust that that's not meant for me. If, if it was meant for me, it would have happened. So there's no point fighting it. There's no point being upset about it. And it just so coincidentally happened that in the same week, I get asked to go back to Australia. So I booked a flight, I left. And I, I think because I have this mentality now of just really like, just trust, trust the process, just go with the flow. So I ended up back in Australia and this was March 2020 and then obviously COVID hit and we went into lockdown. So I was in lockdown for the past two years in Melbourne, which I'm sure you know was long, <laughs> you know, a long lockdown. Yeah. But that was also exactly what I needed and it served me, you know, being there at that time. Mm, mm. But I, I guess you, you sort of came back here with the idea that you could maybe get back into teaching pole as well which is highly social for you and it it's exercising one of your natural talents and gifts which is being able to teach people and lead right so i guess yeah i don't want to focus on how the pandemic kind of put a stop on that but you know was there something missing for you during that time because for me it felt like something was missing that social side right okay well, you know I, I really love hearing everyone's perspective on the lockdowns and honestly for me it was amazing like I know most people struggled and I really genuinely feel for all the people that were struggling at that time because yeah. what had happened was everything mm. that you were attached to had been taken away you know and I think the reason why I dealt really well with it was because you know, a year prior to that, I had already given up my whole life. I'd already disidentified with everything that I was. When I decided to go on this journey, I needed to know who I was when I'm not the host of a restaurant, a pole dance instructor, you know, when I'm not all these things that I was identified with, who is Katie underneath that? So when the pandemic hit, I had already gone through this process of not being identified with anything. And the fact that I had just got back to Australia, I had no job. I had nothing, you know, I, I had found an apartment. So I was, I felt safe, you know, I felt like secure and where I was. So all of a sudden I'm in a position where for the first time I've been given permission to just rest. I've been given permission to just, here's money, you know, you can just like look after yourself. And I was like, this is such a gift. So mm. for me, it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, for, it sounds like the, the lockdowns came for you at like the perfect intersection in your journey, right? Because you'd just done all this work and then bang, here's the opportunity and it's been forced upon you, but you're like, huh, I'm ready. Exactly, exactly. And the fact there's something that, you know, we're all so used to hustling and it's because, you know, no one's given permission to rest and we live in a society where people you know, they're like, oh my God, you worked 60 hours this week and it's all celebrated. And, you know, like people really love to talk about how hard they work. So the fact that we're all given permission to rest, there was no guilt, there's no shame. It's like, yeah, I didn't do anything today. All I did was meditate, you know? And, and in that time during lockdown, I got into meditation. So I gave myself, you know, that I was doing yoga every morning. I gave myself time to really dive into all the stuff that I had been uncovering. So I did a lot of inner child work. I did a lot of self-reflection, introspection. 
so to have that gift and I was like oh my god if everyone could see it that way like the world could heal like not the whole world could heal but you know a lot of people could get a lot out of this opportunity but I think a lot of people were still clinging to and I understand why you know clinging to who they think they are which is their job which is you know the people they surround themselves with so I think for me I was really fortunate that like you said it came at the perfect time you know so it was a blessing for me because no one can see you and they can just hear you i'm just going to explain to everyone that's listening how animated you are and how <laughs> how being so animated really makes you a pleasure to listen to you're very captivating you have very captivating energy so i guess the work that you do now explain that to people in a little bit more detail and does it feel like that you're doing what you've always been destined to do Absolutely. So in the lockdown, because I had this beautiful opportunity to, you know, really find what my purpose was, I then went into studying holistic counselling and holistic life coaching because I knew that it was a holistic approach that, I mean, I'm, I'm so interested in, you know, psychology and, you know, trauma and I love all of that. But I knew it had to be this holistic approach where it's not just looking at the mind, it's looking at the body and that with, you know, teaching yoga. I knew that what I needed to share with the world or to help or to support people is basically the process that I've taken myself through where I felt like I had not really much support because I didn't really understand what I was even navigating and a lot of it was just me kind of like working things out myself but then when I finally did get support you know I've worked with a coach in the past and you know finding the right help has helped me heal so much more so that was when I decided that you know I really wanted to offer something and and I'd always had this vision of offering retreats I really wanted to have women in a retreat space where I could offer all of these all the knowledge that I have the wisdom the things that I've been through the yoga everything that I have to give to offer in a safe space so the idea was always that I would do retreats obviously in lockdown everything had been taken online. And actually at that time, you know, out of lockdown, I was still teaching pole dancing. And for the studio I was teaching for, they actually have five different studios. So then when we went into lockdown, they brought all of their classes online. And obviously not everyone has poles at home. So a lot of the classes I was teaching were yoga, fitness, you know, workouts. Um, I even did some online meditations. So all of a sudden, I had been again thrown into a situation that makes me really uncomfortable, which was being online. Like I am not great with technology. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm just too spiritual for it and it just breaks in my presence. But you know, I'm really not great with technology. So the fact that I was asked to do this and I was like, right, okay, I've just got to step up and I've just got to do it. So I got really comfortable teaching online classes. At one point I had almost a hundred students in a class on Zoom. So, you know, that's a lot. So all of a sudden I got really comfortable with being online. And then when I started to to realize what it was I wanted to share with the world, I was like already in a place where I felt comfortable being online. So I was like, oh my God, I could actually do a retreat, but online. And that's what I created. So I created an eight week online program called um, the Real Self Love Program. So, or the real self-love immersion and the real stands for reconnected, embodied, aligned and liberated because that felt like the whole process that I had to go through. And that's what I wanted to put into this eight week course to help other women. And especially at that time where I knew that so many people were struggling because they're being faced with, okay, who am I when I'm not my job? Who am I when I'm just sitting at home? And a lot of people were I feel needing support at that point. So that's what kind of led me to creating my first program. And yeah, that's how I got into the line of work that I'm in just now. Mm. You know, listening to you talking about that whole period for you, it's probably the most kind of powerful reframing of the pandemic lockdowns that I've heard, right? Your lockdown was just laced with opportunity. And, you know, you just don't hear that very often. Yeah. Well, I think... I really do feel for everyone that struggled during that time because I know how painful it would have been. But I think because of the opportunity I'd been through before, I think because I made a conscious choice to to let myself 
it really it was overcoming fear a lot of it as well and obviously with the it was so laced with fear from the very beginning and again that is throwing people into survival mode is throwing people into fight or flight and you cannot operate from you know you, you can't listen to your intuition you can't listen to your gut because there's so much fear around you and I think because I'd overcome so much fear and because I'd already jumped off the cliff and because I'd already disidentified with all these identities that I was attached to I felt safe in who I was and who I am that it didn't feel like a big threat to just sit with myself you know I, I was loving just meditating and going out for walks in nature and you know doing a bit of yoga and like I didn't do very much, but it was so powerful. And I don't think it's something that you can just consciously like, oh, it's just a mindset. Because it's not, it's not just a mindset. It's a whole process. Like it's this goes into your physiology, your nervous system. It's not something that you can you can't outthink it. You can't just think, I'll just change my perception. It's something that has to be done on a really deep and subconscious level. And that's what I want to teach people that's what I feel called to to share is to let people feel so safe in themselves and in their body that they can really follow the guidance of their intuition and they can know what's right for them follow their purpose what they're here for Mm. It really feels like just watching the way that you talk about it that this is really your life's calling I was flicking through one of your Instagrams and I came across some testimonials and there was a couple that I watched and you know you've been able to have this wonderful positive effect on other people your work is working right how does that make you feel when you get you know positive feedback because I know I really thrive on it Oh it feels incredible like and not even not even just like positive feedback, because obviously, you know, I'm still dealing with that whole people pleaser thing and wanting that validation. And it's something that I'm still, you know, overcoming is that need for like, okay, I'm doing a good job. Like, okay, I'm doing it well. But even before, like, when I was creating my program, like it just brought up so much creativity. And I just felt so in flow with what I was doing. And I was so excited by it that before I'd even launched my first program, I was already like buzzing and high on life. And I think that's another thing that, you know, this is how we manifest opportunities is by playing, by having fun, by enjoying what you're doing, by finding some, you know, excitement and following your bliss. It's not about hustling and trying harder and putting in more hours. And, you know, I just don't believe in that because I really believe that, you know, when you find what you're aligned and what your purpose is, it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to look like long hours. You know, I could work for three hours a day, but do something so powerful that, you know, people really feel that. And if I change one person's life, then oh my God, that's like the best thing I could ever do, you know? But I, I, so even from when the first person signed up, I mean, I was literally happy dancing, you know? Like I could feel the energy in my body where I just wanted to jump up and down. I was so excited. And and then every step of the way after that, you know, it's not all been plain sailing because obviously, you know, I was trying to navigate something that I've never done before, but I really did feel like this is what I'm meant to do. You know, it felt quite natural for me to be in a position to help support others you know so mm. it just feels amazing and and I'll be honest I have taken a little bit of time off because since I moved back to Scotland again in January I've been going through my own process you know having to adjust to being back home and you know family stuff comes up and you know there's been a lot of stuff that I've had to deal with and integrate and I and I know that all of that has powerfully served me to now help others in a more impactful way but I and I wouldn't want to be in a place where I'm you know maybe struggling myself because I can't be there for others so the way I'm living my life at the moment is like when I feel called when I feel ready that's when I'll make the biggest impact I'm not going to do it out of hustling I'm not going to do it out of I feel like I have to or I should like I just want to drop all the have to all the should and just feel into right now am I aligned to do this and right now I as you can probably tell because I'm getting so animated and excited <laughs> like I'm really excited about launching my next program in January so I'm absolutely buzzing for that because now I feel like I can serve so much more powerfully okay so you know it sounds like there's a, a filling of cup emptying of cup filling of cup kind of process 
that you go through now that you've learned to sort of how how you've learned how to manage your energy through that give when I feel called to give and then fill up my cup again and I guess it helps you evolve in some ways but tell, talk to me about the program that you're designing for January of 2023. So basically the whole process is we kind of start by coming into that place of feeling safe you know coming back home to yourself because I think maybe due to a lot of past traumas what happens is we dissociate we become disconnected we are are psyche fragments because of the things that we've gone through and the first step is kind of bringing yourself back into a place where you feel safe in yourself because that's the kind of foundation and then throughout the weeks we work with our shadow so you know it's the stuff that people don't want to look at you know we bring up all the kind of shadow aspects and I guide people through the process of working with your shadow and knowing that there is light in the darkness you know that's where your gifts are and then we do inner child work as well because most of our issues in our life, most of the problems that we face right now, even on the surface, we might think, you know, oh, my boss is annoying me or I've got this bad relationship or whatever it is on the surface. Really, the deeper level to that is usually a core wound from childhood. So we dive deep into that and we get to the root of what that core wound is. And usually it's the feeling of not being good enough, not feeling worthy. So we clear those blocks we reprogram from a really deep place and then that's when everything else on the surface starts to shift and that's when you know things start to open up and we start to unlock the magic but we also work with you know working on boundaries people pleasing um working on your your gifts working on play and finding you know your creativity because all of this is part of it as well and then i also offer yoga classes because obviously the, the process cannot just be done by, you know, talking about it. We have to move the energy through the body. So there's a lot of kind of embodiment practices as well. And a lot of that's channeling kind of feminine energy because we live in a very masculine dominated world where we're all hustling, we're all career driven, we're all like, go, go, go. So a lot of it is tuning into flow and, you know, a bit more, you know, just going with the flow. So yeah so it's a whole eight-week process and um it's been such a gift to be able to offer this in an online space because it means anyone from anywhere in the world can join and I can really guide them through this process um and I'm actually hosting my very first retreat which has been a big vision of mine for years I'm hosting my first retreat in Scotland in the Highlands um because I feel very connected there and it's such a beautiful and magical place um so that's going to be in, I think, May or June um, this coming year. So I'm really excited to launch that as well. Yeah, that's super exciting. And definitely want to stay in touch with you to see how all of that sort of pans out. I'm sort of wondering, though, I've been sort of just wondering towards the last couple of minutes there about the significant amount of work that you did on yourself and your self-confidence during that 15 years of pole dancing. How might someone be able to bypass having to do years of such some of, of an activity that instills so much confidence in you how can how can you just give that to other people <laughs> i think this is yeah this is like the society we live in it's like we want the quick fix we just want the answer we want it yesterday like we want that kind of immediate like yeah the life hack to- generation yeah a life hack exactly i would say that if i had one kind of piece of of advice to give it would be really learning how to trust yourself and that comes from you know feeling safe within who you are so any sort of practices that help you feel safe you know like and, and I know not everyone's into meditation and stuff like that but meditation can mean many different things you know connecting to nature can be meditation for many people and it is for me so that's one thing that has really helped ground me but once you feel safe in your body, then you can start to discover what your passionate what your passions are, you know, because for not not everyone is going to be passionate about pole dancing. I will say that it is a like incredible, you know, it, it unlocks something that is so beneficial, I think, for so many women because it's, you know, sensual and it helps you love your body no matter what shape or size you are whether you're male or female doesn't really matter when when we talk about feminine energy we all have that male as well i could not support myself on a pole 
Well, everyone says that at the beginning and people say the same with yoga. They say, I'm not flexible. They say with pole, I'm not strong enough. But the thing is, nobody's anything until you've tried, you know, nobody's naturally just gifted or, I mean, maybe some people are, but you, you have to, you have to just be inspired to try. And if you're inspired to try, just see where it leads, you know, like I had no idea if I'd be good at pole dancing and then it turns out that I, you know, I think because I was so in love with it, I practiced and practiced and practiced and I got much better. And, you know, it just like gave me so much more love for it and more passion. But I don't think anyone has to, you know, immediately get there. I think people need to slow down and just trust the process. I would say that, you know, learn to trust the process, like follow your inspiration, follow what your biggest excitement is. And then just see where it leads without any attachment to the outcome. You know, people want to be there yesterday. They want to already be amazing at it, but just try and enjoy and stay present in what you're doing in this moment and see where it leads. Just trust, you know, forget the timeline. That's such a beautiful message. So where can people find you? How can they find out more about your online workshop that's going to happen um, next year? You know, and stay connected with, I guess, your energy now that they've listened to your voice and are probably going, oh, my God, I need more of this person in my life. <laughs> how, how can people find you? Yes, yeah, so my kind of business page, if you like, is just my full name, which is Katie Hattel, and it's spelled K-A-T-I-H-A-T-T-L-E. Um, so that's where I'll be posting more about my online program and workshops and things that I'll be doing in the future. And I'm hoping to offer some kind of free resources on there, maybe some guided meditations and stuff like that as well. Just anything that's really helped me. Um, and obviously I'll be posting about my retreat in there. So I've actually, I have taken some time off of that page recently, obviously to integrate my own you know, process that I've been through. And then if anyone's interested in just watching lots of pole dance videos, <laughs> then embodied movement is my Instagram. Um, and that's embodied and movement with an A as an I meant, to, you know, movement. Um, so yeah, you can find me online there um, or just look me up on Facebook. There's only one Katie Hattel in the whole world spelt the way mine is and it's an unusual name so <laughs> i'm not hard to find yeah and listening to the way that you've sort of discovered how to manage your life really feels like it's so in line with the whole projector thing you know talking about human design i'm like oh my god she's living her strategy type that's incredible oh my god yes so if anyone has not heard of you know, human design, I would definitely recommend looking it up because that has been, that was another kind of thing that unlocked during lockdown for me, you know, some, some extra gift that I got given. And I think what the gift in learning your human design is that it's, it's validating who you are as a person, you know, it's, it's making it okay. So for me, you know, I've lived my life trying to be like everyone else, probably like yourself, like trying to hustle, you know, be a manifesting generator or whatever. And I'm not like that, you know, naturally when, you know, so for a projector, it's all about the invitation. It's all about, you know, the opportunities just coming to you. So for example, when I was in Bali and I got offered a job teaching yoga, I didn't go out and hu like hustle for that. I had no intentions of ever even doing that, but it was an invitation and I just went with it. I just said yes to the invitation. So that's what I'm trying to live my life like now. And I still fall into the, you know, back into the matrix and I hustle and I try to do more. And then, you know, my body tells me you're, you're doing it again. You know, I start to get sick. I start to get injured. I start to get tired, you know, things flare up and it's like, okay, you're not listening. And that's those little nudges from the universe saying, listen, you know, like you're not in your design. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm trying to listen more and more. You've been an absolute pleasure to have on. Um, it's been absolutely captivating to hear you speak um, and I guess meet you for the first time, right? Um, which is why I didn't want to talk earlier, by the way, because you were like, oh, is this going to be a chat? No, we cannot do chats, right? Because people give away their best stuff the first time they talk to you and the second time they forget all the good stuff that they said when you wish you had the mics. So, yeah, that's the reason we were recording today. You're absolutely right, yeah. I don't think and, I would have been able to stop you. <laughs> it's been such a gift to come on here and I really appreciate it. And I, and I think I mentioned to you before that I did actually manifest this experience. So that's just proof as well that, you know, when you're in alignment and, you know, you open yourself up to the universe, 
you know, these opportunities can come up. So thank you so much for having me on. And it's been such a pleasure to meet you as well. Well, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, has it lived up to your podcast expectations? Oh, it's been great. You've just let me just talk about my experiences, which has just been so much fun. <laughs> I could share this stuff all day, every day. Like I, I love talking about, you know, the magic that exists out there and sharing my experiences because I want other people to really feel that so that they know that it's possible for them as well. Yeah, for anyone listening, they they definitely should have, would have got a sense that you are going to be available to give this kind of energy if they can choose to connect with you beyond, you know, this episode. So um, you definitely exude that kind of vibrant energy that um, I'm sure a lot of people will be chasing and after in their lives. Um, so what I usually do at the end of every episode is give each other an applause and go woohoo at the end of it, you know, just to acknowledge each other and... I'm manifesting one day trying to do this in front of an audience of people. So that's kind of why I do the round of applause. And oh, so wow. Yeah. On three. One, two, three. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Louis Diaz podcast. To find out more about any of our guests and catch additional photos and content from this episode, find us on Instagram at Louis Diaz Podcast. <laughs>